Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Go Up, podcast edition. Yeah, where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We're your hosts. I'm Dean. And I'm Caritas. 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 <laughs> I decided to go with the one I always get when I'm in a waiting room full of people. That's always the winner for some reason. People can read my name on paper perfectly anywhere else, but that busy waiting room. Caritas. It always accentuates the carrot. But yeah, every time. So we have a guest with us today. We do. Christine Foth. Welcome. That makes me feel very welcome. There's a whole crowd of people watching. <laughs> yes, there's an audience. <laughs> well, there is a whole crowd of people watching, but you don't want to think about that. No. Not right no. now. Nope. We could say that was the great cloud of witnesses clapping. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but maybe they are. Who's well, to say? So if this podcast is encouraging to you, consider hitting like and subscribe. And if you want to be notified when we put out another episode, hit the notification bell. All right. So Christine. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Christine is a good friend of both Caritas and myself. We've known each other for years. I almost consider you and Rob, your husband, I'm not going to say almost, I consider you family. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. We've experienced a lot together. We have. Yeah. So Christine and Rob are two of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd just see it in my eyes. I, I, I feel it. I, I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. So Christine, we are an eagle friendly ecosystem here, we, as you can tell. I can tell. Yes. <laughs> my heart skipped a beat when I walked in and saw that. All the eagles. You have a thing for eagles and a love for eagles. Absolutely. And a lot of cool encounters with eagles. Yes, which would be kind of interesting, being that we live in this part of British Columbia where we see eagles all the time. We do. But we don't see eagles all the time. Not everywhere. Not everywhere. And not at certain times of the year. And not at certain times of the year. So I've had an incredible number of encounters with eagles in places we shouldn't oh, see eagles okay. and at times that we shouldn't see eagles. Top 10? That's a long list. It's a long list. Um, how about the most recent? Okay, let's go with that. The most recent was driving in a city mm -hmm. about 45 minutes from my home, driving down the main corridor of the city that is lined with apartment buildings on either side. So we're talking high rises. We're talking high rises. Is, we're talking this is like below pigeon territory, this right? This is pigeon territory. And we don't even see a lot of those because there's that many people. And to see an eagle swoop down in the middle of an intersection and fly right in front of my windshield, like so close that you can see the eyeballs. And Do you, you find that these situations happen when there's something profound about to happen in your life? Or do you notice any kind of correlation when the eagles come? Or is it more of a reminder? You know, it's funny because it's oftentimes when I'm really struggling with making a decision that I know that God's laid on my heart. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of me stuck in myself, not wanting to make the decision and trust. And then I see the eagles and then it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I trust. And then it's the final decision. So I love that. Yeah. I sort of have the same thing except with doves. That's cool. Doves. Yeah. Doves fly across my car at random times. Yes. One time I was down in the United States. I was meeting a book editor 
for a book that I was writing, and I really didn't know which editor to choose. I was questioning, why am I here? What am I doing? Uh, I had already met, I think, three or four people, and I was a bit frustrated by the process. Actually, I got lost. I turned down a wrong street, and it was a dead end, and there was a cul-de-sac at the end, and I was sitting there, and a white dove flew across my windshield right in front of me. So then I went and I met the editor at Starbucks, and we had a conversation, and I told her about the dove, and she said, oh, you have to know something about me. My last name means dove in Czechoslovakian. Oh, that is so cool. (laughs) That is so cool. Things like that. It's me and doves. I don't know why. I think it's super important, too, that you have to be in a position to notice details. Yeah. Like if we're just so busy going through life not noticing details, you're not going to notice the eagles. You're not going to notice the doves. You're really not. So living a life of Awareness. Awareness. Yeah. Yeah. An expectancy to hear the right. Father in different I think, ways. I think that expectancy is a huge component. It's like it's happened so frequently that I'm expecting it to happen mm. and then being aware of the little details. Tell me about another time. I had a, a dear friend who was going through a challenging situation. I did not know this. I had this awareness of her and I just had this prompting to write out a specific verse for her. I tucked it in the glove box of my car and I'm driving down the road and God asked me to write it out. I wrote it out. And now I was just kind of waiting for how and when do I deliver this? Because I mean, we're, we're good friends, but we don't really spend a lot of time together at each other's homes, right? It's usually out for coffee or out for dinner or something like that. And so for me to just show up on her doorstep would be kind of strange and, and out of character. And so I'm driving down the road and I've got this card in my glove box and I'm, I'm praying for her. I'm praying for the entire situation. And then an eagle swoops down in front of my windshield. I'm like, okay, the time is now. And I'm just going to show up on our doorstep. And so I did, I just left it there. I didn't like ring the doorbell or anything. I just left it there. And I got a call later that day. And she's like, you have no idea how important that note was for me at that particular time. I was waiting for confirmation on something and two people had already given me that exact verse confirming I really needed something. And she says, for you to show up with that being the third person, incredibly meaningful and very, very timely. And it's the whole being aware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then responding in responding. obedience. Yeah, because yeah. we, we can choose not to respond. Mm-hmm. So that was... Get in our own heads, you know, about dropping it off and what will they think or just get out of your head and get in the father's. (laughs) Well, and that's it. Like you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Like you're going to be asked to do things that are completely out of character or Mm -hmm. outside of what Mm -hmm. you would think would or could normally happen. I think it was more of a blessing to me to be able to touch someone that way than I think it was even for her to receive it. You notice the eagle. It's the notification. (laughs) God sends the notifications. That's right. Sometimes in the form of an eagle or a dove. Are they always feathered? I can see that I'm outnumbered here tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's really special that God chooses something for you. If it was a squirrel, for someone, it might be a squirrel. Maybe if they live in an area where you don't see a lot of them, but I I see dozens of them in my yard every day. You start throwing rocks at the message. isn't going to mean the same thing to me as an eagle, because first of all, I'm just blown away by their beauty. It's not a hawk. It's an eagle. It's a bald eagle. Like they're very... Striking. Striking. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. The authority in anything they do, right? So for God to pick something like that, and for you, clearly a dove, yeah. I mean, 
pigeons are a dime a dozen, but a white dove, a white dove. is very different. I think just last week I was editing one of these podcast episodes and I was just praying about a certain section because sometimes you have to make choices on what to leave in and what to take out. Right. And the notification on my phone went and Greta sent me a picture of a dove, a white dove that had come and sat on her fence. And I'm like, okay, there it is again. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Whenever I'm looking for confirmation, these doves show up. And you see it immediately. You saw that as God speaking to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite things about Christine, for those of you who are wondering, is your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You have such a prophetic nature, and yet you carry it with such humility. It's so understated in your life, but yet anybody that's around you can feel it. And for me, what I love is it's a feeling of safety for me, mm. because when I'm around you, I feel like you're carrying this thing that's so safe and so powerful. It makes me feel secure somehow. Mm. All that to say, I'm really interested in knowing your story. When did you start noticing that the Holy Spirit was interacting with you? Did you notice it as a little girl? Was it later on in life? Was there something that triggered it in your life? That's very interesting. Yeah. You weren't born in Brazil, but you are Brazilian, correct? Correct. My parents were both born and raised in Brazil. Okay. Um, so I was born here. Okay. Just even stating it as, you know, living a Holy Spirit-led life. Yeah. That wasn't something that was talked about. Yeah. But it was very real to me from a very early age. Did you ever have a time in your life where you felt that you were a weird or a freak? Well, and I think that's it because there are some things that I can remember a recollection going back. Like people don't remember things from when they were three. Right. But there are certain experiences or events that I clearly remember and having asked some questions of aunts and uncles and that sort of thing. I can pin mark the time to when I was three. Mm. And these were always at the back of my mind, and I just thought I was weird. So there was no language for it. It wasn't like, oh, Holy Spirit is communicating with you or anything like that. I just thought I was weird. It wasn't until, and actually I brought it with me today. I brought this little journal with me. I can tell you exactly what day it was where all of this became alive and real for me. Mm-hmm. And I went to a conference and I actually brought a journal along, not because I thought I would actually use it, but you know, you go to a conference and you bring a pen and paper. That's kind of what you do. It's the right thing to do. Oh, everyone's um, pulling out their pen and paper. Everyone pulls sure. out their it pen and paper. Good. It looks yeah. good. Yeah. I looked like I belonged there. Perfect. I dated the very first page because what do you do when you don't know what to write is, is you write what you know. I knew that the day was Friday and I knew it was the 6th of May of 2011. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then on this second page, I actually just pulled this out today because this is something I haven't looked at in a little while. Wait, is there nothing else on that page? Oh, no, there's other things oh, okay. on that page. But I, I want to tell you that yeah. I know that on the 6th of May, on the Friday night, I actually wrote in my own words, Holy Spirit, I'm wide open. Okay. That was the day that changed it for me. Wow. Mm. There were things I experienced that weekend that made me feel not weird. Mm. Where all of a sudden language was starting to connect with things that I was feeling and seeing and experiencing that made me go, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. That there's actually other people out there 
that feel the same way, that hear the same things, that see the same things. At that point, I still didn't have the full vocabulary or the full understanding of what that all meant. But that was the day that things started to change. And I remember that whole weekend, I went there knowing nobody. I mean, I knew these people, but I wasn't friends with really any of them. So I went completely expecting to spend a good part of the weekend by myself journaling. That's why I brought the pen and paper. I was hoping that I could like work through some thoughts and some things and just get it on paper. And I remember coming home at the end of the weekend and I couldn't stop talking. (laughs) My husband knows that I generally don't stop talking, but it was different. There was this excitement in my voice. And I think if we had a conversation with him, he probably remember it too. He didn't understand it at that point either. But that's when I started to ask the questions. I knew what questions I needed to ask and find people who had the answers Mm. that would make me feel normal. I've run into quite a few people who have a prophetic type nature that feel that they're strange. One of the problems is that there is no language for it. Nobody's talking about it. And so You can go for an entire life thinking that you're a misfit in society. I'll just use myself for an example. When I was young and when I was a kid, I would go places and I would sense things off people and I didn't know where it was coming from or why I was feeling this way. I would go into a crowd and I would feel pain or I would sense something or I would feel some kind of an emotion and I thought it was me. I thought there was something wrong with me. You know, I'm feeling pain in my body, but I never considered that it might be the person three rows behind me and that I'm feeling what they're feeling. So you don't know. Nobody talks about it. Nobody teaches you about it. Well, I remember you saying this before about going into Walmart. Right. Share the Walmart stories. Well, (laughs) the funny thing is, is there's so many of those Walmart stories. We actually, for a lot of the years when our boys, like we have two boys, uh, they're grown, but when they were really little, I mean, we spent a lot of time at Walmart. That's where where you get one stop. One stop all at one time. (laughs) We can't take these boys into more than one store. (laughs) That's right. So we would go into Walmart and I'd remember like loading up my cart, you know, with the diapers and all the things. And then I'd get this like incredible feeling of anxiety. Like I, Mm. I need to get out of this space. I need to get out of here now. Now we all know Walmart's always crowded, right? But for some people that might pass off as, you know, anxiety in crowds. I thought I was weird. And I'm sure my husband thought I was off my rocker more times than he cared to count because we'd have our cart full of things. And I'm like, I have to get out of here. I have to get out of here now. Like it was like, I don't have five minutes to stand in the line and pay for all the things we've just collected. I actually need to leave this space now. And there's more often than not that we would leave the place without the things and have to do it again another time. Mm. And I always thought that I was just weird. And then I realized I had a conversation, it was actually with my cousin, and she says, Christine, you're not weird. Did you realize when you're walking in there that you're not feeling your anxiety, but you're literally picking up all of these feelings and emotions off of the people around you? Wow. So like, she's like, when you walk into there, like you have to be equipped to walk into there. Mm -hmm. And when you don't know, you walk in unequipped and you think it's all you when it's not all you. So she gave me the language. Mm -hmm. She taught me how to understand what I was feeling and how to invite Holy Spirit into that moment Mm -hmm. so that I could make it through a shopping trip in the grocery store or in Walmart. I was just going to ask you, what does equipping look like to you then? 
What does it look like now? I think I live my life differently now than I did then in the early days when I was just learning. In the early days when I was just learning, it would consist of me in my car taking a few minutes going, God, I there are a lot of hurting people in this place and I need you to point out the ones that, that I'm supposed to pray for, talk to when I walk in there. And if I'm just supposed to feel it, then let me just feel it and move on. Same thing with Jesus at the pool of Bethesda. Right. Hundreds of people there, but the father had one person on his mind. So you could walk into a place like that and you could feel the pain of all those people. Mm -hmm. But you're right. What's on the father's heart? What is he looking for? That's right. What is it you want me to do today when I'm in this space? It started like very systematically like praying and God, what do you want me to see? What do you want me to hear today? I'd pull into a drive through on my lunch hour and I'd see someone with a sign sitting on the side of the road and God would go, you're getting two takeout meals today. Ask for them in separate bags. And I'm like, this is crazy. You have a hundred reasons why this isn't a good idea. Like you're not supposed to feed the homeless people. You're supposed to donate your funds to the people that are making a difference, that sort of thing. You're, <laughs> you're so, trying to convince God the right way to. What if he's not sitting there when I get through the drive through the lineups really long. And then I started to go, okay, God, you said two meals in a bag. I'm trusting that there's going to be someone for me to give that meal to. If it's not the person I see now, there's going to be someone else there to receive that meal. And it was simple exercises like that, or like you walk into the coffee shop and you're paying for the person you know, behind you or whatever the case may be. It was simple things like that, that I was obeying, following through. And then all of a sudden it turned into, I could walk into the grocery store and I didn't see and hear all of the things. I only heard and saw the people that God actually pointed out to me. You'd walk into the produce section and you'd see, oh, look at that person with the blue eyes across the aisle. I'm like, okay, I see it. I see that person, God, what is it you want me to say? So it's a progression. It's not all at one time, but you have to start somewhere. And you have to know why and what it is that you're dealing with. And if nobody tells you, you can spend a whole lifetime feeling completely out of place in this world. Absolutely. I call it the bubble. Your bubble is bigger than normal people. Once again, though, I love the way that you carry this gift, the humility that you carry it with when you're around. It's just this feeling of the Father's there and the Holy Spirit's Mm -hmm. there. And there's a person that he's communicating with and... And that's exactly how we should feel around people who are close to the Father, safe, because he's safe. So when we're around someone who walks closely with him, abides with him, is connected with him in relationship, it should be natural to feel safe around that person. Christine, you've spent some time ministering to vulnerable people. Tell me about your heart for those kind of people. I think it goes back to being in step with the Father, right? You could read all the stories in the New Testament during his ministry, his time here on earth, and you could see that every situation he was in, he was working with vulnerable people. Mm. These are the people that communities outcast, or they didn't look the same, they didn't smell the same, they didn't do life the same as what was normal Mm. or what they would consider normal in their society. He had a heart for those people, and I think just being in tune with God gives you a heart for all people. There's no rules about how you have to walk and talk. I think the big thing was not having to mask anything I say or do behind church language, or as some people have called Christianese, right? You take that out of the equation and you're just two people Hmm. sitting in a room, sitting in a space talking. You sound the same there as you would in your living room. As you would would in the grocery store, Mm -hmm. as you would talking to like a complete stranger. There's just something special about that. When you're working with vulnerable people, what does the heart of the father feel like to you? They really are close to his heart. 
they are incredibly close to his heart. I work with vulnerable people every day yes, you do. Um, yeah. in my profession. These people don't necessarily have connections with family, with friends. Their circles are very small. And yet when I come in, the father's heart looks like patience. It looks like gentleness. It looks like time. When you have a job to do, there's a very specific time frame in which things need to be done in order for it to be profitable. I schedule my time according to patience is required to handle the situation that keeps the patient comfortable. That's not inside of what our society would call efficient use of time. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily schedule itself within a profitable business plan, yeah. yet... God has blessed it beyond anything I could possibly imagine. I show up in spaces where people have actually said, nobody has ever talked to me that way. I've heard people say, when you entered this room, you brought light with you. So Christine, you worked in the pharmaceutical business for years. Yes. And then a few years ago, the father started leading you to start your own business Correct. with these vulnerable people. So right. I want you to tell us the journey hmm. that got you to the place you are now. Yeah, I loved my job in pharmacy. I worked for a wonderful company. I had a great boss and then the pandemic hit. Right. I hate to attribute so much of the growth in my life in the last few years to that because I know it's been a rather tumultuous time for lots of people, but God brought so much good out of that time. At that moment, you would think that, oh, this is someone who walks in line with the Holy Spirit. Yes, but the world was crazy. The world was absolutely crazy. And so it doesn't take much for the enemy to grab a foothold in something like that. And so I found myself lost. And it took a while for me to find a space where I could go, okay, God, you're in here somewhere. Show me where you are. Show me what you want me to do. And so I took some time away from work and that's when God started to plant these little seeds of hope that perhaps everything that I had learned up until this point, working with vulnerable people, working in the industry that I was in, that there was something more for me to do outside of those walls. But I had to spend a great deal of time inside those walls to kind of hear him out. And so I had some meetings with people and discovered there was definitely a need for what it was that I wanted to do. And he just started to kind of plant these little possibilities into my life, things that I didn't think would be possible. These barriers were removed. Yeah. They were possible. <laughs> and so I created this business model thinking we were just going to hope and dream about it for a very long time and not actually yeah. do anything about it. <laughs> then God's like, uh, no, actually, you need to do this. I have people I need you to take care of. And that can happen where you are. That has to happen outside of those walls. And so I started to adventure, I guess, mm -hmm. into what it would look like. And God would put these ideas in my head and I'm like, well, that's crazy. People don't do it like that. <laughs> and then yet that's how I did it. Yeah, <laughs> That's how I did it. And then God would say things like, I want your business card to be pink. <laughs> and I'd be like, that's crazy. I don't like pink. And God's like, I know, but I do. So your business card's going to be pink. And then I'd go to design a business card and it's 
pink. <laughs> so then we go to set up a home office. My husband goes, so what color are we painting the walls? And I'm like, pink? And he's like, you're kidding, right? You don't like pink. I'm like, I know, but it has to be pink. And so my office is completed with pink walls and a beautiful chandelier. I have not ever thought I would say chandelier and pink <laughs> in the same sentence and have it describe something that I've put together, but here we are. And it was just like that with every single part of the business. And then when I finally started, I'd be invited into spaces where people are like, no one's ever given me the time of day. No one's ever talked to me that way. And so doors would open into spaces that I thought were completely off limits and they've become my regular places of operation. Funny on the pink thing, uh, several months ago, I did a professional branding of my business, something that I hadn't done at the beginning. And my only words to the girl that was helping me with this was, please no pink. <laughs> and so just a couple of weeks ago, I went and ordered pens with my new logo and everything on it. The pens arrived this week and guess what color they are? <laughs> no. They're pink. I didn't order them pink. There was nothing pink about the order form. They literally arrived pink. And now I'm like, okay. So just in this last week, there's been some new things that have come about and I've had to make some decisions and God goes, remember at the start, you were doing everything that I asked mm. you to do. If you keep doing everything that I ask you to do, you'll be fine. So I'm thinking stick with the pink. Yeah. <laughs> amazing somehow god's got a thing for it I, I i don't know i actually brought some pink pens for you guys today so don't yes. let me forget okay. to give them to you but that's yeah that's pretty cool so he'll speak to you in eagles he'll speak to you in pink pens <laughs> it's crazy but you have limitless. you have to be open to hearing things that way and you're in the stage of your life where hearing god through a pink pen isn't weird no it's just perfectly normal the thing of it is is that if i were to tell someone outside of the three of us here, they'd be like, okay. <laughs> and you get the blank stare. <laughs> you don't have to convince us. I know. Aside from my family, you guys would be the only ones that would go, that's so cool. But it is fun telling people the story. Wait, what did she say about yeah. the pants? So during this whole process of you setting up your business, you had a lot of questions as to whether you were going to do it and when you were going to do it and what the timing of it was. I remember Rob, your husband, saying, Christine, just do it already. Stop all the other stuff and just, just go it. for it. Yeah. When did that moment come for you where you knew, okay, I have to let go in order to go forward into the blessing? We had reached the one-year mark. So I had been working part-time in the pharmacy mm -hmm. and then using all of the spare hours of every single day doing things independently. And I was willing to go at that pace forever because it was good enough. And I think we often get stuck in a life where things are better than they were before. And so that's just good enough. Right. And I think we forget that God wants abundantly more than all we could ever <laughs> ask or imagine. I think we all know the verse. And I forget about that. Thankfully, I have a husband who does not. He does not. He does not. He's like, Christine, I remember. You have to do this. <laughs> that is so true. I remember in the early stages of this process, we had left church on a Sunday morning. Actually, we had had a conversation with you, Dean, in the parking lot. You had mm -hmm. visited our church that Sunday. And when we got into the car, 
my husband turned on a playlist and he got on the freeway and he drove like we headed towards Vancouver and we just drove and he turned on that playlist. And I don't even remember the songs that were playing, but it hit my heart in such a powerful way. I started weeping like a baby and he goes, you know, the decisions you have to make, but only you can make them. I'm here to say that you can make them and that I support you in them, but you still have to make them and not making them is a decision. Mm -hmm. But is that the decision you want to live with? And then he went on to say, he's like, Christine, sometimes God gives us these amazing opportunities and we get kind of a snapshot of what that can feel like. And we think good enough is just good enough. But what if you got to the other side of that? What if you let it all go and get to the other side of it? Don't you think that he's going to hold you up and bless you more than you could ever imagine? And I'm like, that's the problem. I don't understand why he would want to bless me more than just enough. Hmm. We've lived an entire life of just enough, but there's got to be more. Mm -hmm. And so that day I went home and made the decision that I had to make. It was so hard for me, crying the whole way. And that took us one step closer to the ultimate decision, which was a very short few months later, where I actually had to give my notice. And I'm like, but I don't think we're ready. I had decided that in the fall of the second year, I would have to make a decision. And this was the spring. (laughs) This was many months earlier. And he's like, Christine, you can't wait that long because you're actually blocking the blessing. And I said, I don't understand what you mean because God has already blessed us. And he's like, yes, but there's more. Like I was so skeptical and I gave the notice and then the floodgates opened and I'm like, oh, so good enough is okay. If we want good enough, we can take good enough. God's never going to push us for more, but on the other side of good enough, there is something we could never even have dreamed up. And that is what we're walking out right now. That was a mic drop. There you go. (laughs) Okay. It's kind of like when people experience just an inklink of what the Holy Spirit is capable of, Mm -hmm. and then they just rest in that forever. Mm -hmm. God's okay with that. But... And once you experience well, more, you can't go back. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's if you, the thing is you can't turn around go. and go backwards. <laughs> so once the floodgates opened, what did that look like? Did you double what you were thinking? Did you triple it? I made very conservative goals. If I reached this conservative mark, yep. everything that we had put our time and energy into would have been worth it. Okay. And we tripled that in the first year. Wow. Okay. <laughs> And then we went into the second year. Now, remember, partway through the second year is when I finished my time at the pharmacy. So we would have been happy. I would have been happy to make that mark and then some. And we more than tripled that in the second year. Mm. And we're on target to doing whatever God chooses for me to do in the third year. So, Christine... I remember you telling me a few weeks ago that the Holy Spirit has led you in some very non-typical ways in your business. Things that everybody else would think would be part of a business startup, Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit has actually led you in the other direction. Can you tell us some examples of that? Sure. When you see a new business startup today, one of the first things that happens is social media. Right. Right. So we have all of our different 
social media accounts. Yep. We have websites. We have all the things, yep. right? It was very clear to me at the start that that was not going to be part of the picture now. Okay. First of all, I'm not particularly active on social media. I get lost in the chaos of it. Mm -hmm. And so life is a lot quieter when I'm not part of that. Right. So the thought of having to create the different social media accounts and then follow them and then create content for them seemed a little bit too chaotic for me. So I didn't do it. And everyone was like, but how are people going to find you? And I said, I have no idea, but I have to trust because God put this business in my heart and he made all of the things that shouldn't be possible, all of the different connections with different agencies and stuff. Those all happened without me pursuing any of that. Even your banking. Even the banking was a miracle. Was a complete miracle yeah. and was not anything that should have happened. And so I did not. I created the social media accounts but there was nothing there. Mm -hmm. There was nothing that said, oh, go follow this person and get all of your information about what it is that she does from these places. You weren't going to find any of that information there. And even the companies that I would purchase product from would suggest, that's really fine that you're suggesting it. I hear you, but that's not what I'm doing right now. I actually even had connections with one person who was very active in the industry that I'm in and didn't actually want to spend any time in conversation with me or suggest that people come and see me for the services that I provide because I didn't have social media. Mm. And so I said, that's fine. I haven't used it or needed it until this point. And so until I'm told otherwise, we're not doing anything about that. And it hasn't hindered. When the world tells you it's going to hinder it. <laughs> Maybe for some businesses, it's absolutely essential. And maybe at some point in time, God will say, this is actually the time that you now need to do that. And I will. But on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. On the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 100%. That is such an important thing. It's listening to what he has to say and doing that. But that takes practice. It has to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Like you don't just wake up one morning and entrust your entire business to Holy Spirit when you haven't had any encounters or any relationship history. history. Yeah. There has to be history. And because of the history, I can trust. People are like, I don't get it. I know, mm -hmm. but it makes sense. You know what me. he sounds like, like a lamb with its shepherd, right? A lamb could pick his shepherd out of dozens of men right. when he knows his voice. If you don't know his voice, they're all shepherds. Uh, okay, I'll go with that one. But it's not your shepherd, right. right? So knowing what he sounds like, all those years of him fathering you. And sometimes it sounds awfully similar to my husband's voice. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's cool too because yeah. he walks so closely. A lot of people have trouble hearing the voice of Holy Spirit. If you could say something to people who might be wondering, what does that sound like? What would you say? I know that you've talked about history. It's mm -hmm. important to have history. How do you build up the confidence in that sound, the sound of his voice? I think if you spoke to a handful of people who walk closely and do life with the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. each one will have a very unique voice, just like our voices are unique. That's true. So some people will hear Holy Spirit through their surroundings. Some people will see it through color. Some people will hear it or see it through images, through dreams. There's many different ways. There's probably as many ways as there are people. And each person's going to hear it uniquely. 
for me, it can look like images and dreams. Mm -hmm. It can be through just a knowing. I can relate to the knowing. The knowing. Yeah. Sometimes it's a knowing, but I don't know how to explain. It's hard to explain. That knowing. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain because it comes at the most random times. When you're in the oddest situation, all of a sudden you know something and you don't know how you know it or where the knowing came from. Right. It's just there. But oftentimes when I'm encountered with a situation that requires me to make a decision and I'm like, I'm only going to make the decision that Holy Spirit wants me to make. That can just be sitting quietly waiting for a prompting. That can be sitting quietly and seeing an image in your like mind's eye, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It can be something where I'm praying about or journaling about, and then I'll get an answer through a dream. Or it can be something that I've been thinking about and writing the lists of pros and cons and knowing that, you know, this sounds like decisions I've made in the past that totally align with what God's asked me to do. And then the eagle swoops down. And then I'm like, okay. Wow. It reminds me a lot of when he says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Your story, I hear this purity in your heart when you had said, I just want to know you. I want to hear you. I want to see you. Like the only motive, it wasn't to elevate yourself. I want to know you. And that purity in heart, you will see God. You start hearing him. You start seeing pink as not just pink. Right. <laughs> a pink pen isn't a pink pen anymore. <laughs> well, and I think, I think you just hit the nail on the head. That's where the history comes in. It's like where I didn't think pink was a thing. And I think from now until forever, pink will come at times where interesting reminders are necessary. Yeah, where it's like, you're pink. on the right track. <laughs> God's you're like, on the right too track. Soon, too soon to laugh about it. <laughs> right. And I, that's what's funny is I think God has an incredible sense of humor, but sometimes it can also come in like words of a song where like you're listening to, you know, a random playlist on, on shuffle or whatever. And you're thinking on something and you're praying about something and you're talking something out together with God. And then all of a sudden, the chorus of a song comes on and the words are like right there. And yeah. you're like, okay, I hear you. It's yeah. too coincidental to be coincidental. He's too creative also to just do the same thing, predictable thing every time. Right. Yeah. I think sometimes we're looking for, you know, we're struck by lightning and mm -hmm. God doesn't necessarily come that way. Like it's far more usual, normal, like things that we see in everyday life. God uses everyday language. He really does. He does. And for some people who, you know, like the play on words, guess what? He can play the best game of play on words. But that's the reason why people miss the voice of God. I think so. Because it's so integrated into everyday life. He speaks everyday life language. He speaks in all these things that happen around us. It's a matter of focusing your eyes on him and letting your heart notice the little things. Yeah. And the obedience. Like it's not this huge decision necessarily. It's a little thing. I don't think we would have gotten to the point where God was asking me to step away from my full-time job to start a business mm. if I hadn't have listened for those buy the coffee, mm -hmm. buy the takeout meal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm use these words in this space. If I hadn't have done those, he couldn't have trusted me with yeah. start a business, mm -hmm. right? But I think as we practice, because I think it does take practice. Yeah. So he's building line upon line. Right. You don't go from here to here yeah. on the same day. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe you could. I don't know. I just look at how a father trains this child up in the way he should go. Like if you're an architect, you're not talking to your three-year-old building his Lego blocks and critiquing right. every mathematical right. angle. 
you're going to guide him in the stage he's at. And as he grows, a loving father is excited to see the growth and grow with them and teach them and show them. But there isn't this disappointment because you're not getting it yet. And look at that older person. They get it. There's this joy in seeing your child wanting to listen to you and learn and getting excited when they're surprised. He knew it was going to happen, but to see your excitement, like what? Like that must have just filled his heart with joy, seeing your shock (laughs) at the blessing. I remember all of the times where it's been prayed over me that everything you need for this season is already inside of you. Yes, because he's been teaching me these things as I've been going through life. You get to this point and you're like, this is way over my head. Yes, but everything you need for this moment is already inside of you. So having that relationship with Holy Spirit, trusting, okay, I get it. This is so uncomfortable. I haven't done this before, but I'm going to learn and you're going to teach me. Yeah, It's so interesting having you here today. I'm hearing deja vu all over the place (laughs) as you're talking because I've been through so many of these same stages that you're talking about. And it's just so good to know that there's another person in this world. That gets it now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And there are so many people out there that are in the same situation. I would just encourage anybody listening today, keep pressing into Holy Spirit, develop history develop a relationship because eventually that turns into voice and language that turns into a lifestyle. And then that can take you places in a few weeks and in a few months Mm -hmm. that it can take others a lifetime to get the favor of God on your life. When you follow the leading of Holy spirit is a crazy, crazy place to live. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. This is where we're going to leave it today. Thanks for joining us today on let's go up. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have, and we hope you have an awesome week. Yeah, and if you want any more information on our podcast, you can check out our website at letsgoup.us. Have an awesome week, everyone. Bye. Bye.